Amen. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Appreciate Miss Lisa singing. Glad Miss Lisa was able to sing this morning. Boy, I had a little something got in her throat there last week, but uh, Lord cleared that up. Amen. Appreciate Miss Lisa, brother Danny. Uh, the choir helped Brother Randy out this morning, but they took a break this week. And so, but appreciate everyone that contributes and helps and makes the service what it is. We come to his house to worship, and everyone that contributes helps us worship the Lord. So, amen. It is good to be in his house this morning. We're going to be in Luke chapter number two. And as Brother Danny said this morning, when he sent us to Luke two in his Sunday school, he's like, again? So I say, Luke chapter number two, again, but we will be in Luke chapter number two. Uh, this morning. I'm going to be looking at this thought, staying merry after Christmas. Staying merry after Christmas. I had another picture that I wanted to use for my title slide and in that picture it showed the Christmas tree falling over, the, the wrapping paper all over the living room, the food ground into the carpet and a guy standing there with a broom and a reindeer nose on looking at the mess. And I'm like, man, it's just, uh, this is picture perfect, you know, but uh, staying merry after Christmas. You know, I, I imagine that everyone had uh, at least a good day yesterday. Uh, I know we certainly did. Did. We uh, stayed up till about 1 o'clock uh, in the morning, Christmas Eve, uh, uh, just with family and friends and just enjoying ourselves. And finally, about 1 o'clock, we crawled into bed. And um, we've always, you know, told our kids that they can get up at 6 o'clock, but no sooner, and you can't set an alarm. That's always been the rule. It's never been a problem. They've always rolled out at 6 o'clock, you know. No problem at all. So we said that uh, yesterday, or uh, Friday, we're like, okay, we're going to bed. Get up by 6, no earlier. Can't set an alarm. And Miss Kale was a little sad that she couldn't set an alarm. And I'm like, well, you know, that's just what it's always been. Well, at about 6.15, I woke up and looked at the clock, and the house was dead quiet. Not a creature was stirring. How's that poem go? And I said, uh-oh. So I rolled out of bed, and I went in the girl's room, and I shook Kale, and she looked up and said, yeah. I said, it's after 6. I'm going back to bed. And I run back in and tucked myself back in bed in a little bit. Here they come. Wake up, wake up. It's Christmas. So I felt like I was a successful Christmas elf, you know. But uh, making sure we didn't miss the cue. But anyway, uh, we had a great time. We rehearsed the Bible account of the Savior's birth and uh, thank, prayed to thank the Lord for his goodness to us, exchanged gifts, visited with family and friends. And then we ended uh, last night celebrating Emma's first birthday. If you remember, Emma was born last Christmas, and so we ended the day celebrating Emma's first birthday. And I, It was just a wonderful day. It was a wonderful day, and I'm sure that although your day may have not looked like our day, I would say for the most part, uh, everybody could say yesterday was a good day. We had a, we had a good day. We had a good time uh, with uh, friends and family. Maybe you just had a quiet day away from all the hustle and bustle of life, but whatever it is, however you celebrate it, I'm sure for the most part, uh, we had a good day yesterday. But as you may have noticed in years gone by, there's a tendency. There's a tendency. Brother Danny even spoke of this. When you was in, giving your introduction this morning, Brother Danny, I thought, man, we're preaching the same message. I mean, down to the T. But there's a tendency uh, uh, to lose the festive spirit after Christmas Day is over. There is a tendency after the celebration to fall back into that same monotony of life that dictates our behavior 
all year long. And so this morning, I want to take a few moments and look at a thought uh, of how to stay merry after Christmas. In Luke chapter number 2, we're just going to look at verse number 20 as a means of getting started into this thought. There in Luke 2, verse number 20, after the shepherds had gone, they had seen the, the, the Lord and they uh, had, had worshipped the Lord. The Bible says there in verse number 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. After they had seen the babe, after the gifts had been presented, if you want to see it that way, after they had seen what this celebration was all about, after the initial thrill of going to the stable was over, after seeing Mary and Joseph, after recognizing what had been done, after the initial thrill was over, the Bible says that they returned continuing to rejoice. When they left the stable and they went back home, they continued to rejoice. And so this morning, using that as a starting point, we're going to look at this thought of staying merry after Christmas. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for this group of people. Lord, it is a wonderful thing to be a part of the family of God. And Lord, I know that I may be... Uh, a little, a little, um, uh, Lord, uh, giving them the uh, extra here. Lord, I can't think of my word. Forgive me. But, uh, Lord, I, I know that I may think this group is a little extra special. But, Lord, I am glad to be a part of Marlbrook Baptist Church. I'm glad to be a part uh, of the Marlbrook family. And, Lord, I'm glad that you put me here uh, with these people. And, Lord, it's a joy to come here. Uh, it's a joy to worship with them. It's a joy to fellowship with them. Uh, Lord, it's a joy uh, to be a part of this family family. And Father, we thank you for it. I pray, dear Lord, that you'll bless now as we look at this message this morning. Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, we'll take it to heart. Lord, I know that in some ways it's a, a little bit of a lighter-hearted message, but Father, I pray that we'll take it to heart. Uh, and Lord, that we will see that, Father, Lord, although the trials of life can be difficult, they can be hard, there can be times of sadness, there can be times of depression, uh, Lord, that it is possible Lord, to stay merry after Christmas. And so, Father, I pray that you would just bless as we look at these things this morning. I pray you bless with the children's ministry downstairs. Bless those that are working in that ministry. And, Father, I pray that in all that we do this morning that you will be glorified. And, Father, we'll thank you for it. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. There are some things that come with the holiday spirit uh, that lend themselves uh, to the festivity or as we like to call it, the magic uh, of the season. There are some behaviors, uh, some things that we do uh, during the holiday season around Christmas time that add to uh, the magic of the season that after the holiday is over, uh, we tend to stop doing these things uh, and then we wonder where the magic went. And surprisingly, these things that accompany the Christmas holiday are many times things that the Bible teaches that you and I are, as Christians are to do on a daily basis. And so I'm going to look at some things that accompany the Christmas holiday that I believe add to the magic, if you want to call it that, of the season and show you how we can apply these things on a daily basis so that although Christmas is over, we can make 
maintain that joyful spirit all year long. The first thing that I want to point out that accompanies the Christmas holiday that I believe adds to the spirit of the holiday is holiday greetings. Holiday greetings. Have you ever noticed the increase in greetings at, around Christmas time? You know, normally when you go to Walmart and you're in the checkout line, you don't talk to the person in front of you. You don't talk to the person behind you. You don't talk to the cashier. And none of those people talk to you. You just stand there until it's your turn. You ring up your goods, you pay your bill, and you leave. If you're feeling good, somebody might get a nod or a hello. But really, there's not a lot of conversation taking place in the checkout line. Have you paid attention the last couple of weeks? The person in front of you says Merry Christmas. The person behind you says Merry Christmas. The cashier says Merry Christmas. And you say Merry Christmas. You go out of the store. You're going down to your car. Uh, normally when you go out the door put with your buggy full and somebody's trying to come in the door, you kind of glare at one another. But this past week when you go out and they're coming, you're like, oh, excuse me. They're like, no problem. It was my fault. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, and everybody's sharing Merry Christmas. Uh, and there is just a different atmosphere. Now I know that you still run into the Grinch. He's still here during Christmas time and he's not saying Merry Christmas and he's still a grump in the checkout line. But for the most part, uh, there is an overall spirit uh, of greeting one another during and around the Christmas holiday that doesn't exist any other time of the year. I don't know if you've ever paid attention to this, but it is very, very true. At the end of every phone conversation, uh, at, the at the end of every uh, tra business transaction, uh, at the bottom of everything that you sign, you might even put it on your check. When you endorse your check, underneath your name, you write, Merry Christmas. Uh, uh, you hang up the phone, Merry Christmas. You call Verizon to find out what's wrong with your cell phone, and the representative says, Merry Christmas, before you hang up. I mean, there is just something about uh, these holidays day greetings. You know the Bible has a lot to say about the importance of greeting one another. You may not know this. You may want to go look this up after a while. Romans chapter number 16, the entire chapter is Paul giving greeting to other Christians. The entire chapter is Paul greeting other Christians and saluting other Christians and being thankful for other Christians. Four times in the New Testament, we are instructed to greet one another with a holy kiss. You're like, whoa, 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 Pastor John, you done went off the deep end. What a holy kiss... In the Word of God, we must understand there's different cultures, different customs. But the holy kiss of that day is very equivalent. Jake, can I borrow you, brother? <laughs> in our day and in our custom, I'm not going to kiss you, brother. You don't have to worry about that. In our day and our custom, when we see someone who we love, someone we appreciate, someone we respect, we communicate that this way. Love you, brother. Love you. That's the same thing that the Bible's talking about when it says to greet one another with a holy kiss. It's a different culture, but we have the same thing. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. The Bible instructs us four times in the New Testament that this, whenever we encounter...
encounter one another. This is how we're supposed to greet one another. We're supposed to greet one another with a spirit of I love you, I appreciate you, I'm concerned about you. We let one another know that we care one for another. Now around Christmas time, it seems like society as a whole gets a grasp on this and society as a whole begins communicating this one to another. But after Christmas, we stop. You know what I believe something that would help us to stay merry after Christmas is if we would continue greeting one another with love and appreciation after the holidays. During the Christmas season, we're daily giving and receiving holiday greetings. And as we do so, the world becomes a happier place. But after the holidays, we fall back into that drudgery of life and we counter strangers and even friends and barely give a nod. You know what? I believe something that will help us stay merry after Christmas is if we resume the holiday greeting. I don't know if you noticed, but I greeted Jake first. I took his hand. I gave him a hug. I said, I love you, brother. And did you hear what he said? He said, I love you too. Now, when I called him up here, it was not in his mind to tell me that he loved me. Although he does, but that he wasn't planning on that. But as soon as I told him that I loved him, he said it right back. You know what? If we get into business of letting one another know that we care for them, it will generate in them a response and it becomes a happier place. How we stay merry after Christmas? Keep up the holiday greeting. As I said in my prayer, this is a little bit of a lighthearted message, but I believe it'll help us if we pay attention. You know what? Another behavior that's prominent during the Christmas season that I believe if we continue it will help us stay merry after Christmas and that is thoughtful generosity. Thoughtful generosity all year long. Now maybe you not like this, but I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you that I, I sometimes have this problem. And if you're honest, you'll probably say that you do too. All year long we tend to think about what we need. We, we tend to worry about the things that that are, are failing in our life. We, we tend to be concerned that our socks have holes in them or that our boots are worn out. Y'all like these alligator boots I got? I'm telling you what, the Black Friday is a blessing, man. It's not often you can buy alligator boots for $40, but whew, praise the Lord. But you know what? We're worried that our boots are falling apart. We're worried that our socks has got holes in them. We're worried that our winter coat is getting old and tattered. And we think about ourselves all year long. We're worried about our automobile. We're worried about the things that's wrong with our house. All year long, our minds tend to become consumed with the things that affect us directly. It's natural. It's part of being human. It's natural that we respond this way. But around Christmas time, whether it's out of genuine love and care or if it's out of obligation, both are uh, both give to this, uh, but for whatever reason, we start thinking about what other people need. Now, maybe that there's a brother-in-law in your family that you would rather not buy a gift, but because of obligation, you're going to buy him a gift. And in order to buy him a gift, although you may not put a lot of thought into it, you consider what he would need, want, or appreciate. 
And you begin to think about Him. It may be that there's many times people in your family that you love and care for dearly, but you've really not given a lot of thought to their needs. But around Christmas time, we know that we're going to give them a gift. And so we begin to think about what do they need? What do they want? We start paying attention. We look to see if their shoes are wore out. Because if their shoes are wore out, they would like a new pair. We pay attention to see if there's holes in their socks. Because who doesn't like getting new socks for Christmas? We pay attention. Uh, to their new automobile and maybe they need new uh, new seat covers or a new steering wheel cover. We begin to pay attention to their life uh, and what they might want, what they might need, what they might appreciate uh, and whenever we start paying attention we realize that there are things uh, that we could do for them that would put a smile on their face uh, and off we go to the store and we make our purchases and on Christmas morning they open it up and a big smile comes on their face because they recognize that we thought about them. Now don't take a real smart person to see where I'm going with this. Around Christmas time I believe there's a little bit of a merry spirit because we are thinking about others. Sometimes because of love, sometimes because of tradition, sometimes because of obligation but whatever the reason we're thinking about others. And we're paying attention to others and we're meeting the needs of others. But you know what happens as soon as Christmas is over? As soon as Christmas is over. Y'all don't have to raise your hand. But I bet you, yesterday, some of y'all were on Amazon buying the things you didn't get. Some of y'all were online shopping for that thing that you didn't get. Melissa don't even know this, but she got me a gift. I'm guilty. See, I can excuse y'all because I'm guilty. Melissa got me a gift but it was a two-part gift and she only got me one part. So yesterday afternoon I went ahead and ordered the other part so I could enjoy the gift she got me. I mean, it wasn't no good like it was. It needed both parts. So I'll be enjoying that present in a few days. You see what I did? I immediately began thinking about myself. Up until Christmas morning, it was all about their gifts, but after Christmas, what happened? I started thinking about me again. And like I say, we're just being lighthearted here. But you know what I think would help us stay merry after Christmas? Is if we always had that outlook. What's going on in Brother Randy's life? What, what is there something I could do for Brother Hot Rod that would, that would make? What, what, what does Brother Speck need? I, what have I seen in Brother Ted's life that I could do for him that would put a smile on his face? You know what? If we went through life with that same thoughtful generosity that we acquire at Christmas time, I believe it'd go a long way to keeping that merry spirit all year long. You know something else? Something, well, I, I've got all kinds of scripture verses here about being generous. Let me just back up and go over a couple of these real quick with you before I move on to the next point. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, you know this verse, Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, why? For God loveth a cheerful giver. You know what? Whenever I see Brother Ted has a need, and I'm like, here, Brother Ted, I just I thought you'd like this. I know you do woodwork, and here's you a roll of sandpaper. I just thought this would make you smile. And it cheers Brother Ted up. The Bible says that the Lord loves me for doing that. So he gets blessed, and I get blessed, and everybody is blessed. The Lord loveth a cheerful giver. The Bible says... 
in Acts 20 and verse number 35. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Proverbs 11.25 puts it down in our language. It says, The liberal soul, he that gives, shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Proverbs 22.9 says, He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed. You know what I think would go a long way in keeping us merry after Christmas is if we practice thoughtful generosity all year long. Not only thoughtful generosity, but whenever you practice thoughtful generosity, it results in another behavior that we see around Christmas time that's often lacking. That if we practice generosity all year long, we would see this behavior all year long. And that is heartfelt gratitude. Heartfelt gratitude. Now, I'm sad to say that I've been a part of some Christmas parties before where people did not appreciate their gift. It always grieves my heart whenever someone is so self-centered and so selfish to not appreciate the fact that someone thought about them and cared enough to provide them a gift. But you've seen those folks. There are those who just are of a bitter spirit and it doesn't matter what you do, they're not going to respond positively to it. But for the most part. Although Brother Ted may have a pickup truck worth of sandpaper, I bet you if I gave him a roll of sandpaper he'd bring a smile to his face. He'd be like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. He would honestly be thankful that I thought about him. Brother, I can bring you some sandpaper tonight if that would help his situation. But you know what? There is heartfelt gratitude. When there is thoughtful generosity, there is heartfelt gratitude. Whenever we genuinely think about someone and they can see that we have thought about them and we care about them, they genuinely feel a gratitude in their heart toward us. There is a response to the generosity, to know that someone noticed, to see that someone cares. This is what our human heart longs for. Whether you admit it or not, I've referenced the Grinch a couple of times. If you watch the Grinch, you will find out that eventually even the Grinch gives in to the love being bestowed upon him. It is what the heart craves. It is what the heart wants is to know that someone knows them, someone thinks about them, someone cares for them. The heart longs for that. And whenever we are generous and people realize that we have met their needs because we care for them, there is a closeness that is formed that doesn't happen anywhere else. There is a heartfelt gratitude. It lets the giver know that they are appreciated. And for a time, it knits the hearts of people together. It's why Christmas morning is such a joyous time. The giving and the receiving. You give a gift. I love you. They give a gift. I love you. And there is a closeness and a joy and a bond because we are expressing our care and our appreciation and our love one for another. You want to stay merry after Christmas? Practice thoughtful generosity. Respond with heartfelt gratitude. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 16, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. What does this mean? To do good, to let others know that I've thought about them and I care for them. To communicate, to respond with heartfelt gratitude. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. The Bible says, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. I believe at least, at least a portion 
of the festivity, of the magic, if you want to call it that, that we feel in the air at Christmas time is a result of giving and receiving, of giving gifts and receiving thanks, of giving thanks and receiving love and closeness and friendship. It's part of the festivity. Noticing, loving, giving, showing appreciation creates an atmosphere that many times we don't experience the rest of the year. You know, if we want to keep, if we want to stay merry after Christmas, let's make it a habit to show our love one for another all year long instead of just once a year. And then another thing, another thing here that happens at Christmas time that falls off afterwards that I believe if we were to practice more often would help us to stay merry all year long, and that's the joyful gatherings. The joyful gatherings. Now I know during the holidays we take extra time off of work. We, we, ha we save our vacation days. Maybe the company gives us a few uh, days for the holiday and you're able to take off some extra time which makes it easier to go to these gatherings and accommodate one another. And, and so I understand that whenever Christmas holiday is over and we resume uh, the natural 8 to 5 or, or 6 to 10, you know, whatever you work, uh, uh, you resume that routine and you're back to work. It's not as easy to get together with friends and family as it is on the holidays, but you've got to admit, there is something about those gatherings that adds uh, to the festivity of the season. It makes me wonder if this is not why the Bible puts so much emphasis uh, on the importance uh, of fellowship. Uh, you know, the Bible is full completely full of instructions for Christians to fellowship together. The Bible is full of instructions for Christians to come together at the Lord's house. The Bible is full of instructions for Christians to get together in their own personal homes. The Bible teaches over and over and over again that Christians are to spend time together. There's no denying that this uh, that 2020, while we had to cancel services and we had to meet online only. There's no denying that it took a toll on us as a church family. And we are still recovering from what we suffered during 2020. And what was it that we suffered? We weren't able to get together in person. That is what we suffered. It is important that we get together as much as we can, as often as we can, and gather together because when we do, it does something to the soul. Around Christmas time, boy, we have all kind of gatherings. You've got company dinners, you've got church dinners, you've got Christmas plays, you've got family dinners, you've got plans with your friends. Uh, we are gathering constantly. And now, although after all the family left, some of you mothers sat down on the couch and took a deep breath as you looked at the mess, and like, wow, i got to clean all this up. There's no doubt that cleaning the mess up was worth the joy that you experienced while you were together. There's no question that gathering together asks a little more of us. But there is a benefit to being together. And you know what? Especially in our day, it's always been a problem with, with people. You know, we like to blame it on the cell phone, and the cell phone is a 
terrible problem, but uh, back before we had the cell phone, there were folks you couldn't talk to because they read the paper. Uh, it's always been a problem that people like to seclude themselves and, and be alone and, and, and be away from people. And, and, and in our day, we, we just have a terrible problem with a lot of times people being in the same room and not being together, you know. It's like, where are we going to go next year to sit and look at our phones, you know, this kind of attitude. And we have a real problem with being together. But you know what? Around Christmas time, for whatever reason, we turn the phones off. We enjoy things together. We watch those same Christmas movies together. We laugh together. We enjoy one another's company. And there's something about it that ministers to the soul. Now Christmas is over, and if we're not careful, we're going to go right back to that same routine of secluding ourselves. And we're going to say, where'd the magic go? I've been calling it magic the whole service long, but it's not really magic. It's really just common sense. If we behaved ourselves all year the same way we behave ourselves at Christmas time, we'll stay merry all year long. The joyful gatherings, fellowshipping together in Acts chapter number 2, talking about the early church, verses 46 and 47. The Bible says, and they, speaking of the Christians, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, so every day they went to church, and breaking bread from house to house. So every day they went to church, and every day they visited their fellow Christians. Now that's a gathering that will keep you close to one another. It says, and they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. What was the result? Verse number 40 says, praising God and having favor with all the people. You know something I believe that adds to the festivity of the season? Is the joyful gatherings. Getting together one with another. And lastly, as we wrap this up, I think the season is merry because overall it's a season of sincere goodness. It is a season of sincere goodness. It's a season when we think of others. It's a season when we put others first. It's a season when we consider the needs of others. It's a season when we look for ways to show kindness. It's a season when we express our love. It's a season when we try to meet the needs of others. It's a season of friendship, fellowship, giving, receiving joy and laughter. Now, I don't know about you, but as I went through that, that sounds to me like the way God says Christians are to live every day. That's the way we're supposed to always live. We're supposed to always live thinking of others. We're supposed to always put others first. We're to always try to meet the needs of others. We're to always express our love for one another. But for some reason, we reserve these things for Christmas. And then we wonder, why can't we be merry all year long? Why can't we be merry... All year long. You know, it's interesting to realize that the components of the Christmas season which celebrates the birth of the Savior are the very things that he instructs us to do each and every day. It's no wonder that he said, if a Christian obey my word, he can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because the instructions he gives us, we try them once a year and we find out that they work. If we was to do them all year long, I believe it would make a difference. Christmas holiday, as we mark it on the calendar, may be past. But I really believe there's no reason, as Brother Danny said this morning, that we can't celebrate Christmas every day. And how do we do that? By putting others first. It's what we do at Christmas, 
and it works. Let's do it all year long. I'm going to ask each of you to stand there where you are. Miss Melissa's going to come to the piano. As Miss Melissa comes to the piano, I want to say one more thing. There is something else about the Christmas season I believe that makes it merry, and I saved it for this point in the message. And that is during the Christmas season, whether we do it intentionally or not, our minds are focused on the Savior. Whether, whether it's something that we uh, intentionally do in extra reading and extra time in the Word of God, or if it's something that just happens because it's being portrayed all around us. During the Christmas season, people's minds are on the Son of God. And there is something about having your mind on the Son of God that will affect the way that the world lives. Now, it's very possible that there's someone here this morning that's never put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to stay merry after Christmas, there is only one way that you can accomplish that, and that's by putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask Miss Melissa to play on the piano. As she plays, the Lord spoke to your heart. You come. house. I pray that you did have a Merry Christmas and I pray that we apply these principles and stay merry after Christmas. Let the world wonder, what is it that they've got? What is it that makes them so different? Why is it so magical in their atmosphere? And you can tell them, I just practice Christmas every day. Makes a difference in my life. Thank you all for being here this morning. I pray the message has been an encouragement to you. Don't forget tonight uh, is uh, Next uh, Generation Teen Service. And so Pastor Ken will be preaching for us tonight. So you come on out and be a part of that and support that. And I know that the Lord will bless you. I'm going to ask Brother Danny, if he would, to dismiss us from the service in a word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to be in our house today. Lord, we thank you for the word that's gone forth here today. Thank you for the singing and for each one, Lord. I pray that our worship has been pleasing to you today, Lord. And I pray to help each one of us this coming year to put others first, Lord. 
Certainly you show the example by sending your Son to die for our sins. Lord, we thank you for the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. Lord, when we see you, we see salvation, Lord. We know it's the goodness of God that brought us to salvation. Thank you for your love. Dismiss us now and keep us safe. We'll come back again. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.